With South Carolina's loss against the Florida Gators, and more specifically the way in which they lost, there's no denying it. Shane Beamer has reached another crossroads in his coaching career here at South Carolina. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. We're not going to dive into the loss that South Carolina suffered at the hands of the Florida Gators on Saturday afternoon. I already dove into that on Sunday. If you haven't checked out that show, feel free to go ahead and do that and then come on right back here. But for the start of today's show... I want to touch on the importance of this next week or two for Shane Beamer because with the way in which South Carolina lost to the Florida Gators, Shane Beamer has come upon another crossroads in terms of his tenure here at South Carolina. Now, before I go any further, I do want to emphasize real quickly, I'm not saying that Shane Beamer's job is potentially on the line now based on what happens over the next six weeks. But what is true is that his actions or potential lack of action over the next several months could greatly impact the rest of his time here in Columbia. In essence, how the rest of his tenure plays out here at South Carolina. The first thing that I want to dive into with this loss that South Carolina suffered at the hands of the Florida Gators on Saturday afternoon is the irony behind this loss. Because the ironic part is the Gamecocks dealt with this same exact situation after losing to the Florida Gators in 2022. Both of these games in 2022 and 2023 against Florida, we saw South Carolina have one side of the ball put together an extremely disappointing performance and at the same time display a continuation of bad trends that a lot of people had seen leading up to that particular football game. In 2022, that was the case with South Carolina's offense, an offense that had looked a very inconsistent for the majority of that season and basically bottomed out against Florida when they scored zero points against the Gators down in Gainesville, I want to say in week 11. And that loss put South Carolina at 6-4 and four on the season last fall. South Carolina was staring down the barrel of a 6-6 six and six record with top 10 teams in Tennessee and Clemson coming up on the schedule. And when that situation took place, Beamer had two options or two different routes. One, he could stick with what he and the team had been doing to that point and likely lose both of their final remaining games in the regular season, finishing the year with a 500 record in the regular season. Or he could make changes and at least live with the results knowing that he did his best to try to make some adjustments. 
And we all, of course, know what ended up happening. South Carolina did make some massive changes to their offensive playbook ahead of their game against the Tennessee Volunteers. It led to one of the biggest offensive outbursts the Gamecocks had ever seen in their football program's history. And it also helped propel them to back-to-back upset wins over top 10 teams in Tennessee and Clemson and helped them get to the 8-win mark in Shane Beamer's second season. Now, in 2023, Shane Beamer finds himself in a very similar position. He and the team are currently sitting at 2-4. and four, And they have two SEC road games upcoming against the Missouri Tigers and the Texas A&M Aggies. Those two games could very well put the Gamecocks at 2-6 and six before they even get to the month of November. So once again, Shane Beamer has two options here. He could stay with what he's been doing to this point, what the staff has been doing to this point, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, and realistically lose at least two, if not four, of their final six games in the regular season, or they could make some drastic changes this week to try and go on yet another late season run once again. And there are reasons for fans to have both optimism and or concern regarding this inflection point that Shane Beamer is currently faced with. The optimism comes from the fact that Shane Beamer proved last year that he is willing to make the necessary changes in order to try to help his team reach its full potential. And when South Carolina did this last year against Tennessee, the thing we have to remember is they did not even have the luxury of a bye week to do what all they did that week, which is, again, narrow down the playbook, essentially kind of simplify the offense and the personnel packages. Usually you do that stuff when you have two weeks to get ready for a football game, not just your usual six, seven days in advance. But that's what South Carolina did, and again, it led to two straight really good offensive performances, in particular against Tennessee and Clemson. The reason for concern, however, and this concern is valid in my opinion, Shane Beamer has also shown that he can be a bit hard-headed at times in terms of acknowledging when it is time to make a change, because I think a lot of people would say that Even by the beginning of Shane Beamer's second season here in Columbia, it seemed pretty likely that the Marcus Satterfield era on the offensive side of the ball was not going to come to a great ending. It was not going to end well for Marcus Satterfield, is my overall point. And yet it wasn't until the Florida game, until Shane Beamer finally decided that, yeah, Marcus Satterfield was not getting done on that side of the ball, and so... We're not going to fire you, but we're going to make some drastic changes to the offensive playbook to try and get more out of this side of the ball. So now, Shane Beamer is being faced with another similar situation, this time with the defensive side of the ball. So my final thought to summarize this entire conversation is that if Shane Beamer is going to make or force some changes to be made, to salvage what's left of this season and try to make sure that maybe his team doesn't miss out on a bowl game in his third year in Columbia, 
Personally, I think it has to happen this week. I don't think you can wait any longer to try and make some changes on that side of the ball. Because if you do, again, Missouri, as I'm going to go over later on the show, pretty doggone good football team. They'll probably beat you if you don't make any changes. Texas A&M, sure, they might have, I think, three losses now on their schedule, but still a very talented football team. And they're going to have you in their home stadium with a bye week ahead of that matchup. And that's not even including two games against Kentucky and Clemson in back-to-back weeks to end the regular season. Sure, you've been dealt a very tough hand in terms of the schedule that you have had to play and will continue to play throughout the rest of this 2023 season. But it is clear that it is time to make a decision regarding the defensive side of the ball. And Shane Beaver's decision that he does end up making at the end of the day will very well, in my opinion, I think the opinion of many, have a drastic effect on how the rest of his time plays out here at South Carolina. Now, there was some good news to end this weekend for the Gamecocks, in spite of what all happened on Saturday, because the Gamecocks landed a commitment on the defensive side of the ball in four-star defensive back Jalewis Solomon. We're going to touch on what exactly happened in his recruitment and what he's going to bring to the football field for the Gamecocks in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Now, I know at this point in the season, with what's happened the past couple weeks, some of you Gamecock fans, you might be pretty down the dumps. And at this point, you might be just looking ahead and saying, you know what? At the very least, it'd be really nice if South Carolina could get Clemson at the end of the year. And here's the thing. I don't think that game is sold out yet. I haven't seen any announcement from the university that says that game's been sold out. So, in case you have been stressing out about maybe getting a ticket for that game, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to go to game time. Because Game Time is going to have you covered. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app out there because it is the easiest and simplest fantasy sports app to use. Here's how Prize Picks works you can get an account, create an account on their app, choose between two to six players from any sport that they offer, and pick more or less than their projected stats for their upcoming game or match. That's quite literally it. That is all you have to do on prize picks. So for this week, I'm looking at the Monday night football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think that Dak Prescott is going to throw for more than 257 and a half passing yards because the Chargers ranked dead last in the NFL in passing defense. I think Justin Herbert, however, is going to throw for less than 279 and a half passing yards because the Cowboys defense is one of the best in the league and the Chargers don't have the ground game to really 
keep things balanced on that side of the football. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch on YouTube or your daily listen, wherever you get your audio podcasts daily, in spite of what all they have had going on in recent weeks with their football team. But... Again, this weekend was not entirely a wash for South Carolina's football program because they are getting a cornerback in Jalewis Solomon, who committed to them late on Sunday night. And Solomon is a guy that's going to make an early impact at his position, especially in rush defense. Solomon is a guy that South Carolina was expected to land just a couple months ago, as Solomon originally seemed like he was leaning towards Florida State throughout the earlier part of this year into the summer. Then there was a lot of rumblings that South Carolina held the advantage as they were getting closer and closer to August. And then all of a sudden, Auburn was starting to come out there a little bit more as a contender. And then we got to August 5th. Everybody thought that Solomon was going to commit to South Carolina. They get to 4 o'clock, then 4.30, then 5 o'clock, around an hour past his original commitment time for that day. And he winds up committing to Auburn. Obviously, a lot of fans were not happy with how the whole thing played out. But lo and behold, a couple months later, Jalewis Solomon, it seems like, has had a change of heart. And he is now going to be playing for the South Carolina Gamecocks. So that was how his whole recruitment played out. But what kind of player is Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks getting in Jalewis Solomon? Well, in terms of his athleticism, Jalewis Solomon is a guy that has Really good lower body explosiveness. He's also got really solid hand-eye coordination, which is displayed by what he has done at the wide receiver position for Schley County High School, the team that he's currently playing for in his senior season. In terms of his movement, he's got straight line speed that's pretty decent, but honestly, his short field acceleration is where he excels the most. (laughs) Yeah, okay, moving on from that. He's also very fluid with his footwork. His feet can change direction on a dime, and that is really good for a guy that's going to be playing defensive back at the next level. Now, speed of defensive back, when looking at some of his skills that are going to translate to that specific position, Jalewis Solomon is a guy that understands the importance of maintaining outside contain when he is in the box And he has no defender between him and the sideline. Basically, he's sort of the last man standing between an opposing ball carrier whenever they're maybe running towards that side of the field. And in terms of a play coming his way, he's got really good anticipation of knowing when they're running right at him. And so he knows when to run downhill to meet up with the ball carrier or the receiver that he is trying to tackle. In terms of some miscellaneous notes on his skill set, Jalewis Solomon has really good ball skills, which again, is evidenced by what he has done at the receiver position, and here's another thing South Carolina fans are going to like a lot about this future defensive back for the Gamecocks. He is not afraid of contact, 
and being physical at the point of attack. So in terms of an overall projection from Jalewis Solomon, considering his frame being six foot and being listed at 185 pounds and the skill set that he possesses, I think that he is a guy that can slide right on into that nickel corner position in South Carolina's defense. I think that in terms of his strengths, his strengths primarily lie when it comes to rush defense with the footwork that he has got, his willingness to, again, be physical at the point of attack, his understanding in terms of the responsibilities that he has as an edge defender, so to speak, in the box. Julius Solomon is a guy that you want as close to the football as possible. And that's why this win is a big deal for South Carolina, because as we've all seen this year, whether it be because of injuries and having to move guys around, or maybe just guys that just need to develop a little bit more, the situation in Equal Corner is not exactly the greatest for South Carolina right now. In the future, they're going to have guys like Keenan Nelson Jr. and currently Kawan Banks on this roster, but David Spaulding is soon going to be leaving this program because he's exhausting all of his eligibility, and uh, I don't think Nick Emmanuel is going to be spending a lot more time there at that nickel corner spot. At least I would imagine that he probably won't. But either way, getting back to Julius Solomon, this is a guy that I think is going to have a chance to get some playing time early on, especially if he ends up being an early enrollee. Don't know what his plans are for that yet. Yeah, we'll have to see as we get closer to early National Signing Day in December. But this is a guy that the Gamecocks had to get. It's a reason why I didn't mince any words when I talked about him committing to Auburn back in August and mentioning how, you know, this was a pretty decent loss for South Carolina on the recruiting trail. But as it turns out, everything worked out at the end of the day for Clayton White and this defensive coaching staff. So Julius Solomon, big time get here for the Gamecocks and no doubt, especially in terms of rush defense, I think it's going to bring a lot of benefits to this South Carolina defense once he gets on campus. Now, with all that bearing in mind, all the events that happened this past weekend, it's time to turn the page over to South Carolina's upcoming matchup against the Missouri Tigers. And obviously, we're going to go a lot more in-depth on what the Tigers are going to bring to this game as the week progresses, but want to just start off with some surface-level thoughts on the Tigers to end today's show. We're going to get into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. With that bearing in mind, it is now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And I couldn't just pick one Game Changer this week. I had to go with South Carolina's entire offensive line unit. These guys did a great job of helping South Carolina create a balanced attack against this Florida Gators defense on Saturday afternoon. And in terms of the running game, it's the third straight time that the Gamecocks have rushed for over 100 yards collectively as a football team. First time that's happened since weeks four through six in the 2022 football season. The offensive line was plowing over Gator defenders, much like Athletic Brewing Company has plowed over their non-alcoholic beer competitors, thanks to their great-tasting non-alcoholic brews. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions, and the best part is you never have 
hangovers. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Well, looking at the stats for the Missouri Tigers football team, this is a team that has seen their identity change in the 2023 football season. The last few seasons, the identity for the Missouri Tigers was basically an offense that leaned heavily on their zone run game and West Coast passing game, and a defense that didn't play superb, but played good enough, basically, to keep you in football games. Basically, they were an average unit. This past season, the Tigers had to lean heavily on their defense, which thanks at that time to first-year defensive coordinator Blake Baker, they became one of the best defenses, not just in the SEC, but in the entire country because of their aggressive mindset, particularly in their defensive front. This year, however, things are a little bit different. The Tigers still have a decent defense with some solid players here and there. And as we'll go over in a couple minutes, they still got a really decent run game that they like to lean on from time to time. But what makes the Tigers different this year is is the emergence of quarterback Brady Cook and their entire passing game as a whole. The Tigers have the fifth best passing attack in the conference so far this season, averaging 305.6 passing yards per game. Brady Cook himself has already matched his passing touchdown total from last season, which is 14, by the way, just seven games into the 2023 season. This past year, Brady Cook also was a quarterback that had to rely on his scrambling ability to help give this Tigers offense a bit of an extra boost at certain points. And that's evidenced by the fact that he rushed for 585 yards on 139 carries in 2022. But this year, that has not been the case. Brady Cook has been able to mainly sit back in the pocket and rely a lot more on his arm. Because in seven games... He's rushed for only 70 yards on 50 carries. Another reason why this Tigers offense has taken a step forward this fall is due to the emergence of star wide receiver Luther Burden III. In 2022, Luther Burden, at that time being a true freshman, caught 45 passes for 375 receiving yards and six touchdowns. In just seven games in 2023, He's already greatly surpassed the majority of those statistical categories as he has accumulated 56 receptions for 808 receiving yards and five touchdowns. So the Tigers not only have now seemingly a star quarterback in Brady Cook that has really started to put things together this year, but also they have now seen their star pupil at the wide receiver position, Luther Byrne III, become basically the best player probably on this entire football team. And it seems like that moving Luther Burden to that slot position, which is probably the most important position in Missouri's offense, has really paid strong dividends for the Tigers this fall. 
But again, as I alluded to earlier, this is an offense that still does like to be able to lean on that ground game when they want to. And they have been able to do that so far this season. Their top running back in that room is Cody Schrader. He was an effective running back for them last year, as in 2022, he carried the ball 170 times for 745 rushing yards and 9 touchdowns. Just 7 games into this current season, Schrader has 114 carries for 648 rushing yards on the ground and has scored 7 TDs running the football. The point here is, this is a Missouri team that, again, it's not like their defense has fallen off a cliff necessarily, but the talk about Eli Drinkwitz when he took over that job in Columbia, Mizzou, was the fact that he was an offensive-minded guy. He was a guy that was going to help the Tigers sort of take some grown-up kind of steps on the offensive side of the football. And for the first three or four years he was here at Missouri, the Tigers didn't really see that a whole heck of a lot. But that all has changed this fall. The Tigers not only now have a really solid ground game, which they've had for, the, again, the most part since Drinkwood's got there, but now they've got the passing attack to go along with it. Brady Cook is a guy that's been in that program for several years now. He's a guy that I know that John Miller, the Locked On Mizzou host, who I'll be talking with later this week on our Thursday crossover show, which, yes, will take place on Thursday this time. I know that he's been very high on Brady Cook. Even when Brady Cook, after this past season, was a guy that was questioned as being someone that maybe should not be the starter for the Missouri Tigers. But John Miller told me back in the summertime that, you know, he felt like that Brady Cook was the guy for that job. And so far, Brady Cook has proven that. He has taken the bull by the horns, and he is not letting go with the way that he has played this year. And Missouri's played some pretty big football games, facing a really tough Kansas State team at home, along with a really high-powered LSU Tigers offense that basically outscored them in a shootout. And the thing that impresses me the most is, after losing that football game, the Tigers went on the road this past weekend and defeated the Kentucky Wildcats. I thought Kentucky would win that game simply because, quite frankly, Missouri hadn't really played a notable road game to this point in the season, which normally does not happen for an SEC team six to seven weeks into a football season. But that did not matter. The Tigers, after the first couple scores from Kentucky, they pretty much had their way. So... This is going to be a tough test for South Carolina. I don't think I need to tell you that based on what we've all seen from the Gamecocks alone the past couple of weeks. But to be honest, this might be the toughest challenge for this defense all year because you don't just have one guy to worry about, not even just two. You've got multiple players at different spots on the football field that you've got to worry about making a football play on any given drive. That is a nightmare scenario for this defense, a defense that obviously is reeling right now and is coming off probably their worst performance, quite frankly, of the Shampermer era to this point, I would argue, considering all of these circumstances at play this past Saturday. So, Sacramento, you're going to have to buckle up here because it is going to be a really tough challenge going in there in Ferret Field, in Columbia, Mizzou, trying to get a win over this Missouri Tigers squad, which boasts a very high-powered offense. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 
I do hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts about this inflection point that Shane Beamer is currently faced with right now? Are you optimistic that he's going to make the necessary changes to help this team get better? Or are you a bit concerned that he might be a bit hard-headed and wait too long before making the necessary moves to help this program out. What are your thoughts on Jalewis Solomon, South Carolina's newest defensive back commit? And lastly, what is your opinion on the Missouri Tigers and what all they've done to this point in the 2023 season? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all once again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. And I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.